Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday the 31st of January. My name is Ben. Uh, I'm going to be talking in this podcast, of course, about last night's defeat to Aston Villa. Um, I think uh, most people would agree this was a pretty unfortunate defeat, uh, undeserved defeat for United. And in this podcast, I'm going to get into some analysis of that very briefly um, and kind of try and answer the question of how unlucky we actually were last night. So I'm going to get onto that in uh, in a little bit. First of all, let me talk you through the game itself in case you managed to miss it and um, just give you some of the, the key events from the game. So as I said, I think this was um, a pretty good performance by United overall. Um, certainly in the first half, we were excellent and I think uh, largely dominated, to be fair. Um, uh, first of all, O'Connell hit the bar from um, from a corner from Evans. Uh, this was a you know a really clear opportunity. I've kind of spoken um, at length previously on the podcast about O'Connell's failure to convert several chances from corners that we've managed to create this season, and, and that actually is a a large contributor to the fact that we've not scored many goals from corners. But this one was um, whipped to the sort of back post. O'Connell got really well above his man, but he's six yards out, and he he sort of smashes his header against the bar, and really he he has to score from that opportunity, and the game would probably have unfolded in a completely different manner if that had been the case. Overall, um, I think United were moving the ball very very quickly in this game, perhaps more quickly than we've seen in in some of our recent home games. Uh, best evidence to this probably our next chance, which was a really good counter attack. Uh, Fleck kind of played a crossfield ball, which. Um, I think was possibly intended for for Clark. The defender sort of flicked it on, um, and Baldock was uh, powering forward down the right. He got in, forced a good save from Johnson in the Villa goal. Johnson, who had a fantastic game, by the way, um, did really well to keep out a number of shots in this game. Um, Wilson went very close with a, an excellent overhead kick, uh, which the goalkeeper had just sort of given up on, and I think was kind of just praying that it went wide, missed by about a yard. And um, yeah, in this first half, I mean, Villa offered very little, I think. Um, they didn't have a single shot on target in the first half. I think the only time Moore actually had to touch the ball was when uh, Leonard headed it towards his own goal under pressure from a corner. But even then, that was a very a very easy, comfortable save for, for Moore. But then in the second half, Villa did come on uh, a lot more strongly. Uh, even if we, you know, we still kind of kept them at bay. They still barely created anything. Uh, Grealish had one that went just wide from long range. Although Moore, Moore certainly had it covered looking at the replay. Um, for United, uh, we had much, I would say, less less of the ball in dangerous areas in the second half. Uh, but even then, Baldock uh, got, I think it was Baldock, got in again down the left and uh, hit a shot that the keeper tipped over, which was a good save. And then the big save of the game, uh, in my opinion, came soon after that. We we worked the ball really well into the box down the left, uh, laid it back for Fleck on the edge of the area, hit this really good first-time strike. And I, I really thought this was going in. I was on the cop and it, you know, it looked like it came through a load of bodies. I just expected to see this one hit the back of the net. But the keeper managed to get down to it. And uh, and push it away from danger. Um, having seen the replays, you know it, it wasn't quite the wonder save that I I felt at the time. So I was kind of, you know, tearing my hair out in terms of like, oh, we have to work so hard to score a goal at the moment. You know, goalkeepers seem to, you know, just make save after save against us. Um, 
But yeah, it, it did still come through a load of bodies and it was a firmly hit low shot. And he did do really well to get to it. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the um, the Clark goal against Birmingham this year where he, he hit this low shot. Uh, and on that case, the, the goalkeeper didn't really get a good look at it and kind of just stood there and it went in the corner of the net. But this time, um, Johnson managed to either see it late or actually had a decent view of it after all uh, and got down to it to make the save. And then almost out of nothing, really, Villa got the winner. Uh, which was, you know, a really good strike, but a, a a bit of a sickener, as you know. I feel like we've said on numerous occasions this season, particularly at Bramalone, they worked the ball well across the pitch to Snodgrass, who uh, cut inside Stevens onto his stronger foot, his left foot, and he hit the back of the net from outside the box, um, and that proved to be the winning goal. We still had time to force uh, a couple more half chances from corners and crosses. Uh, this was, uh, I think, in the 90th minute that Snodgrass scored. And their keeper pushed another one over um, from a corner, although it was relatively comfortable. And then the ref blew for full time just as they were breaking away towards an open goal as Moore was up for the corner. So, um, yeah, perhaps we'll make the playoffs by a single goal on goal difference, in which case I'll be calling back to this moment. Um, all right, so that's that's a wrap-up of the game. I will now get into uh, some of my thoughts and a little bit of analysis on this defeat. So I, I think a good place to start here is uh, is the goal itself. Um, you know, the, the sort of the kind of easy narrative here is to go Snodgrass is left-footed. He's a very good player. He has a history of scoring long-range, um, spectacular goals. Why on earth has Stevens showed him inside or allowed him to get inside onto that left foot and to take this shot? I think this is harsh criticism, having looked at this again in a bit more detail. And I didn't really enjoy watching this goal over and over again. But, you know, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast, I guess. But I think I think it's very harsh to be too critical of Stevens for this. Um, Villa's right back makes a really good run outside of Snodgrass, which puts Stevens in a really difficult situation. Essentially, he has to decide... Do I show Snodgrass inside um, and allow him to take a shot and, and trust that there's some cover there to block it or to close it down? Or do I try and cover this run that's going outside of me? Basically, he ha- he's having to choose between letting the right back get into the box completely unmarked for a uh, theoretically an, an easy pass from Snodgrass and then an easy cut back to a striker potentially for Villa. Or do I um, do I try and stop that overlap and run the risk of Snodgrass going inside? I actually sort of think he probably did the right thing by trying to shadow the overlap and showing Snodgrass inside. And we should probably take a look at you know where that help inside actually was, and you know where is somebody trying to close down that shot. Although as I've kind of looked at it, O'Connell O'Connell is the nearest man, and he kind of starts to go with the overlap. Um, and that basically allows that space. But even with that, you know, it's easy to say, well, he ended up scoring, so it was a bad decision. But even then, it's a great strike. It's a low percentage chance. Um, yes, we definitely should have somebody to stop people shooting from long range um, in these situations. But yeah, I think being too critical of um, Stevens here is is harsh, to be honest, um, in, in a defensive regard anyway. Um, looking at the stats for this game, uh, they have as well on top and... They kind of back up what I felt at the time, that we were unlucky in this match. You know, we had more shots, we had more shots on target, we had more shots inside the box, we had more possession, more corners, the works, basically. Um, But that said, I didn't really like our approach in the second half. Um, I I was actually surprised, looking at the stats, that we had more possession than them. in the. Even if you just look at the second half stats, we still edge it at 54-46. 
because uh, I felt we were very rushed in possession in after half time uh, and and hit it long far too often to Wilson and Clark. I mean, you do have to credit Villa because uh, I think they definitely stepped up their game in the second half and they they pressured us much more. But even then, I felt we were hitting it long, um, even when we weren't under pressure. You know, hitting it long far too often, and as a result, we started to lose the midfield battle. Uh, we gave Villa a chance to get Grealish and Snodgrass, etc., more involved and. You know, as I kind of said at the top, while they didn't really create too much, apart from a couple of long-range chances, you know, the the danger was there, I guess. Um, talking of ourselves, you know, as I mentioned that we we had more more shots and more on target, and obviously the goalkeeper had turned in was probably a man of the match performance between the two teams. Um, we didn't create great chances in this game. They were kind of you know, snatched shots, half chances. Yes, we hit the target a lot and the keeper had to make some saves, but it wasn't like we carved Villa open and you could say like, oh, that was a a clear chance apart from the O'Connell header from a corner, but very little from open play. Um, I can't actually find the expected goals for this game, uh, which is a bit annoying because that would be a a more useful barometer than just going, oh, we had more shots, more possession, force more saves, etc. But I would expect it to show that we, in the very least, edged this game. Uh, If I do end up finding uh, the expected goal measures for this, I'll I'll tweet them out via at Bladespod, which is the the newish official Twitter of this podcast. Um, However, and uh, this does feel like a bit of a lazy narrative, but... I do think we sometimes lack a bit of a cutting edge and a bit of quality that can win a game, uh, which was essentially what Villa had tonight. You know, yes, their team costs way more than ours. They're paying their players more than we can likely afford. But that is what we're up against. That's the championship. And, you know, we have to get used to that unless you just want to accept kind of mid-table mediocrity for year after year. You know, it's not an excuse. It's the actual reality. And we have to find a way to, to compete with that. You know, and we and we have brought in players who who hopefully will help change this, um, namely Holmes and Leonard, and maybe Wilson too. Uh, in this game, I mean, we didn't see too much of Leonard. I thought um, it wasn't the best performance from him. You know, I was kind of trying to pay attention to this, but Evans was much more involved, and I didn't really see much of Leonard in this game. Holmes looked pretty bright, I thought, in a in a very limited cameo. Uh, and Wilson impressed in parts as well, uh, although he looks more like a poacher, I think, than someone who's going to link play in the way Clark does, for example. But all the same, it's it's going to take some time for um, for these players to bed in, and f- and for also for us to get to know the best way to use them, I guess. So, yeah, I do I do feel there is merit in saying, oh, we're lacking a bit of a cutting edge. That so, you know we're not creating incredibly clear chances, etc. But hopefully, these new signings will actually help us get there. I guess related to that, I was a bit surprised not to see Duffy in this game uh, off the bench, and I did feel we missed him, or you know we missed the opportunity to get Holmes involved uh, earlier in the game. Uh, I think particularly in the second half, we we struggled to get into dangerous areas with anything like the regularity of the first half, and there was a lot of times where Basham and Baldock had got it, or or Stevens and O'Connell and Fleck down the left, and. You know, there wasn't that option inside of a player kind of pulling, you know, pretty slow defenders about and getting into dangerous positions. So I would definitely have liked to have seen Duffy and Holmes in this game. I feel that was maybe a bit of a missed opportunity by Wilder. Um, but then, you know, maybe he's just uh, holding these players back for, for uh, Wolves this weekend. So my next point um, kind of deals with what I mentioned at the top, uh, which is us being unlucky. So a hat tip to Kevin Gage for this one, for tweeting these stats out. But um, 42% of shots on target against us are going in. So 
opponent hits the target 42% of the time, it results in a goal. This is by far the worst mark in the league. The league average is 32%, so we're 42, the league average is 32. Uh, and Wolves, who obviously top the league, uh, they have 25% of their shots on target that they face actually end up in the back of their net. So I, I really don't know what to make of that. I mean, it's not like we're you know, conceding tap-ins or we're, we're getting cut open every week. Far from it. I mean, we face um, one of the fewest amount of shots on target um, in the entire league. And, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you could certainly make the case a few months ago where we weren't closing players down well enough outside the box. So, but, I mean, it's not like you can blame the goalkeeper here and just say, oh, you know, he needs to keep out more shots. I mean, you know, we've used two for about, two goalkeepers, that is, for about an equal amount this season. So, unless you think we're specifically coaching our keepers in a way that's damaging their ability, which I've got to say feels pretty unlikely, then, you know... It, it's not a very, uh, it's not a great answer to say. Oh, it's just the goalkeeper should be making more saves. But that said, I've I've no idea what this is. I mean, it's at forty two percent average of shots on target to goals ratio is is ridiculously high, and it it is. I, I try to be objective here, but it it is hard to believe that we've not just been at least quite unlucky in that regard. And you know, you'd kind of expect that number to come down over the season to be closer to league average. I, I do sort of feel like we are we are a bit of an outlier at the moment. Um, and, you know, that number would suggest what we're kind of all, all feeling is that, you know, perhaps we're not getting what we deserve out of these games at the moment. But then, on the, on the other hand, we're not really helping ourselves too much um, at the other end of the pitch. Um you know some of the slightly concerning stats here we we rank 21st in the league in shots inside the box that we're taking ourselves uh, we rank 23rd in total shots which is is very well actually no that's not that surprising because i think you know probably probably suggests what we kind of feel uh, certainly what i kind of feel which is that we tend to wait for the perfect opportunity for shoot to shoot rather than you know taking aim from outside the box although you know, I don't think you could accuse us of this last night because we definitely did try some some long range shots and um, and actually we do rank joint first in in shot accuracy, which is the percentage of shots we take that are on target. Um, but yeah, it is also three straight home games where we've not scored, uh, and while ever we're not taking advantage of of good play and of of the amount of shots that we're having ourselves, we do leave ourselves vulnerable to the kind of good strike that, um, as we've seen on many many occasions now, are much more commonplace in the championship. Um, so yeah, a, a frustrating night for sure. This one, uh, I am starting to feel like this season will end up, um, feeling like a missed opportunity. Uh, you know, when you look at some of the games, uh, where we've not got what we, de- what we deserved recently. So, you know, certainly last night, certainly the Bristol city game is the, the clearest ad- uh, possible example of that, I think. And you could also make a strong case for the Wednesday games, Derby away, possibly, Villa away as well we had Birmingham earlier in the season you know maybe Bolton as well um you know games where we um we, it feels like we should have got more points from those games and not just like uh, you know based on league position but on the actual the flow of the game the number of chances the number of shots that kind of thing even with some of our lack of creativity it does feel like we we may well end this season thinking, wow, we probably should have actually done better than we actually did. And as I've said many times, I do feel like we're doing ridiculously well, given the league we're in last season and the resources that we have. But, um, you know, this is another game where we've played a team right up at the top of the league and more than matched them. And I'm sure 
any objective Villa fans would say uh, Sheffield United played very well and deserved at least a point from this game. Um, but yet again, uh, it's a game where we've we've had the better of it and we've not uh, got the result that we needed. So, yeah, frustrating for sure. Um, but yeah, we're now on to Wolves on Saturday evening. It's on Sky again. Um I mean, you'd you'd have to expect this will probably be another defeat, given their squad and their form. And there's no real shame in that, so certainly no meltdown if and when we actually do lose that game. Uh, and then we've got Leeds next week, uh, which is another huge game. Uh, and, and regardless of what happens against Wolves, uh, one that I am definitely looking forward to. I think that's going to be another good atmosphere and a good game. And, you know... Another chance for us to show that we fully belong in this league uh, and we can fully match these teams. And hopefully this time we will get the result that we that our play deserves, I feel. Um, okay, so that is it for this episode. I wanted to just keep it pretty, pretty short and sweet because obviously we've got another game coming up in a few days' time. So I will do another podcast looking at that Wolves game. Uh, unless we get hammered like 7-0, in which case I may not want to, but... I'll try and remain professional, even if this is just a hobby for now. Um, but yeah, just before I wrap up, um, I just want to say uh, a huge thanks to everyone that listened to last week's episode and shared it. Uh, it was by far the most listened to episode so far. Um, and in total, over 900 people listened to this podcast last week, which is is phenomenal. And I was stunned to see uh, to see Bladespod uh, enter the top 40 of the Apple Sports podcast chart. So... Um, yeah, th- th- I mean, this is just something I'm doing as a hobby, like uh, around my my other work. So to actually see it pop up there is is um, staggering and, and quite humbling. So, yeah, I- I'm I'm very grateful for everybody that uh, that shared, uh, that subscribes, that retweeted and listened. Um, thanks so much. It's you know, it- it's nice to see that um, people seem to be uh, enjoying it, I guess, to some extent. Um, and yeah, thank you again. Uh, so yeah I will wrap it up there uh, thanks again for listening please do follow the Twitter account for this podcast which is at Bladespod uh, where you will get obviously all the latest information about new episodes but also um, a little bit of extra analysis and uh, comments on the game as well and of course you can tell me if you disagree with something that I said this week or any other week uh, I would be very very glad to hear that as long as you're polite of course um all right thank you once again uh we'll be back next week uh hopefully with um a good performance at wolves to talk about cheers goodbye